Hey guys, this is your warning. We do post up spoilers. At times we're relatively offensive. We use vulgar language. So if you think that any of those are gonna offend you in any way, shape, or form, take your step back right now. Cause buddy, uh, this is not the place for you. Anywhom, have fun listening to us. And yeah, this has been your final warning. Welcome to another unplanned and unscripted edition of Cinematic Anarchy. I'm Chris. And I'm Zev. And we're here to uh, discuss a film that we just decided to watch on the fly today. Uh, a little stone-cold Steve Austin flick uh, by the name of Recoil. Uh, that is stone-cold Steve Austin. It also stars Danny Trejo, a uh, Sarinda Swan, and uh, Lachlan Monroe. That, of course, is also another old cast of bit-and-piece characters here and there. Uh, people you'll recognize from many other films. Mm. Uh, especially, uh, I believe it's Hector. Noel. Hector! <laughs> I can't even spell his Noel. name. Noel. Um, I'm just going to give him Noel. Guglamy? Uh, huh? Guglamy? 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 Uh, Rex? I, we'll just call him Rex, because yeah. I'm having a, I'm butchering the last name. Completely. But it's all right. <laughs> hey, call us and tell us what your uh, what your last name is. How do we pronounce that? I'll well, have an interview, maybe. They have the thing about him that he plays Hector in every single movie that, that he's in, and I believed it, but he, he doesn't. <laughs> oh, you believed it for about five seconds, and then we, I did the research, and no. Hector. No. Hector. No Hector. Hector. <laughs> no, he definitely was not Hector in this film, anyway. He was Rex, which didn't really fit, but whatever. That's well, Re Rex the Rapist. When you're writing a when you're writing a movie like this, you gotta Rex. Re, what's what's Rex's little quirk? He's a rapist. <laughs> was he in this movie? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. He was saying he had a thing for girls, and he, he was a. Uh... Yeah, he was a rapist, and like he, uh, Danny Trejo, at one point, he says he's like, you know, my brother's sick, and I should have never left him alone. He, I'm supposed to have somebody watch him all the time. You know what I mean? So like, he, it's something he even knew that he was apt to do. That's why he always sent somebody with him. Like, go keep an eye on him. It's like, we, we did all this stuff. We, we didn't let him see this part of the script. He, we're gonna, this is what you're going to do. You're going to be this big, at, badass thug here. And then once you're dead and you're not in the movie anymore, we're going to rewrite the script. And hey, guess what? <laughs> By the way, just wanted to let you know, you're a rapist. You're a rapist. In the end. Your guy at the end, yeah. He's a rapist. Look, because even when he was alive, he's like, I was acquitted. I was acquitted. <laughs> all right, so this movie not is uh, me. about... Uh, Basically, a vigilante cop who goes after the uh, biker gang that murdered his family, executed his family. Yeah, um, and he was supposed to die with them as well. He should have died. Uh, he he got shot a few times, and then he they left him there for dead. But obviously, like any good vengeance movie is, they think he's dead, and he comes back for vengeance. Um, Danny Trejo plays Drake, who's just. The strongest man in the world, apparently. Second to Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> and you, you watch him in that one scene right after right after Rex dies. And the gang is gathered around him. All the, the women and the men in the gang. And you notice that Danny is shorter than everyone. He yes. is the shortest person in the entire group. But the most feared. Right. Like, they, they immediately, like, beginning of the movie, they pit him against that one guy in the, uh, the little octagon, the electrified octagon. Yeah. Who is, who is a, clearly a gentle giant. <laughs> it's like, you got one chance, one chance to wipe your deck clean, go one round with me. And, uh... He kicks his fucking ass. Dude, laid him the fuck out. I mean, threw him against the, uh, electrified fence and... A few times. No, I didn't really throw him, actually. I think he did, he literally punched just punched him. him into the electrified fence. Uh, which is why I, I felt as badly as I did about the, the end, 
end fight sequence between him and Man, it was, him and Austin. It was their own little octagon, though. Yeah, I mean, there was there was equal opportunity badassery there. You know, right. the, I'm a badass who knocks knocks the shit out of all your guys. You're a badass who knocks the shit out of all the little guys and the big guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, we're just gonna tape fists and see who who's the last one standing. Which I which I appreciated that. It's like you know, like that was his equal opportunity for him. It's like equal opportunity, you and me, punch for punch. Last man standing is the last man standing. Right. And instead of grabbing his machete, machete. Well, he did that. He did that after he fended him off. It wasn't the machete. Yeah, that that <laughs> was he. That was a joke. You could tell yeah, it was yeah. a joke. He picks up the machete, goes, eh, never mind. Picks up the sickle, the sickle instead, and goes after him. And after he, uh, after Austin uh, playing Ryan Bar- uh, Barrett in the movie, uh, he disarms the guy. Uh, takes the. Takes a sickle, tosses it aside, and that's when he decides to tape their fists together. Those forearm so to uh, forearm. Yeah, basically forearm to forearm. He grabs his, his forearm. forearm. Danny didn't it. have a choice but to grab his <laughs> forearm, and he duct taped them together, and they just punch for punch. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm five times your size. <laughs> and each of them got, if I'm not mistaken, each of them just got the, was it their left fist, or was it the right fist? I believe it was left. I believe they went to the left. Well, well the, the right left. fists were taped. Right. And you took your so the right ones were taped. And I, I suppose you're fighting against them. <laughs> so you, you get your bitch hand. Uh, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Imagine he's lefty and he's just fucking on. Like, right, I'm a southpaw anyway, so <laughs> yeah. You're screwed here. It's, your uh, weakest throw is my uh, strongest here. Right. <laughs> and that's how you win a fight. By duct taping their strong hand to your weak hand. Uh, oh, so, I mean, I I don't even know. If there's a lot to lot to say about this movie. Uh, there were some decent fight sequences. Uh, the beginning fight sequence. Um, well, when it first starts off, he, there's a guy and he's running through the woods, and you know he, he seems a little psychopathic. Right. And he's running through the wo- the woods with with an AR-15 or some sort of high-powered military rifle. Right. Shooting he he a looked bunny. like he was he he was off-duty SWAT. Yeah, but he's the, shooting the rifle. A, he was carrying. He's shooting a bunny, and right. they're like, "Hey, it's late." You <laughs> Not know, shooting like, a bunny. Tried to shoot a bunny, missed yeah. with like thirty shots. Yeah, and then the, the, he's like, "I'm not leaving until <clears throat> I kill something." You know, got like super dark with it, and then he ended up being the one who was killed. By the strongest choke chokehold in the world, right? Just a, it was a choke slam. It was literally a choke slam off a cliff. Yeah, you know. So it's like I want you to be thinking of her when you die. Are you, do you remember her? Yeah. Okay. Well, oh, that was fuck stupid. yeah, I do remember. No, that. just stand there and don't remember her. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about because otherwise, you, you heard what he said. You know, you're gonna. I want you to remember her before you die. Prolong your life as long as possible. Play fucking Alzheimer's. I've got early onset Alzheimer's. I'm sorry, a little bit of dementia. I don't know what you're talking did about. Did I? Did I? Did I? Uh, took a few too many bump stalks to the head. But I feel like he would have tortured it out of him at some point. I mean, and and well, they he, said it's like he had like vice grips around his th- like around his throat. So like he clearly had a strong grip around it. He was choking. Yeah, he crushed his larynx. So. It was either he was going to remember him or he was going to die trying. Mm-hmm. So you you die if you, you do and you die if you don't. Yeah, I guess get it off your chest. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, I remember her. Fuck. But <laughs> ah. he does throw that out there. He's like, fuck, I remember her. <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, shit, now it's my past coming back Last two seconds of your me. life. Yep. You're dead. Sorry. And uh, they're the constant flashbacks and the... The movie of the execution, basically four guys in clown masks. Uh, turns out Danny Trejo uh, was is at the back, the badass one. Well, he well he was not no, the badass one. So the uh, the first three guys that came in, mm-hmm. they took out the party, mm-hmm. and then Danny popped off a couple of shots. Yeah, but he was in the back until everybody else had cleared the party, and then he comes striding up between the three of them and decides, well. I'm going to take my mask off for some a, reason. I'm going to take a few parting shots just for the hell of it and then take my mask off uh, out of stupidity. I never thought I'd see you again. Well, you know. Turns out. Do you think that he would have had the will to live if Danny hadn't taken off his mask? 
probably a Sokolsky bastard. Well, I mean, having that focus, it's like, I know exactly who you are. Which, they don't really play it that way at the beginning. No. They play it like it's, uh, it's Rex that yeah. he was after. Who, who he's, whom at this point he's just going after people who slide through the system. People right. who should be in jail but aren't. So he takes it into his old his own hands. It's kind of like the equalizer. I was saying the the white equalizer, and then Chris informed me that there's already a white equalizer. <laughs> well, but, I think you're only used to the Denzel equalizer. Yeah. But then yeah. you know it's it's kind of like on its own line of Punisher as well, which was actually in part filmed right down the street here. <laughs> uh, it was filmed the at the old Lowe's, yeah. Lowe's building over on Computer Drive here in Haverhill. Uh, that whole. I want to say the, the whole hardware store. Yes, zero, it is, yeah. is all Lowe's. that was there. Uh, no longer a Lowe's anymore. It was closed down before they started filming, and it remained it's, closed after. So I mean, get paid well for the the building for whatever you can, you know. Well, as the property owners that remained vacant for so long, I mean, do something with it. Yeah. If you're gonna rent it out to people to film movies in it, all the more power to you. Let me let me make a movie in there. <laughs> I'm guessing the money that they made off of that, they probably didn't have to do anything with it for a while. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to be pressured. We can up the rent there and just find somebody that'll pay for it. Oh, they have some sort of craft store? No, no, it's not a craft store. It's uh, Southwick. They make uh, suits. Mm. So, it's a, it's a suit tailoring place, but it's a, like a factory for suits. I see, I see. Uh... That being beside the point, and that being probably the most boring point that we've made during <laughs> this entire entire ten minutes that we've been yammering on about this movie. I'm trying to find good things to say about it. I mean, it wasn't a bad movie. It was it was definitely a low-boil movie. The fight scenes were well worth watching. It was slow, though. It was slow. You don't I, find that. It's like they fight, they're like, all right, these mask guy, Danny Trejo, has to be one of them, and you threw that in all the way at the end. They were like, how are we going to connect right. all these random scenes together? And I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I appreciated Lachlan Monroe's character there, but I felt like having that whole thing with the FBI was almost pointless all the way through. <laughs> I get why the son of the sheriff was there. Yeah. I get his role there. But it just felt like... I did nothing. What role? I like Lachlan Monroe. I like him as an actor. He's done some good things. He's done some bad things. Mm -hmm. But I feel his FBI agent role in there was just thrown in there for good measure. (laughs) You know? The entire movie could have played without him. They could have wiped his entire role clean and the movie would have been the exact same thing. Yeah. You know? Now he's just moving on to the next city to... To find a new bad guy. Because they made this big deal at the end about uh, the boat. <laughs> the boat being hell. Right? And that, that you would need a virtual army to get in there. And so the, the sheriff's son, who's fed up with his dad being uh, being basically on the take the entire movie, is you know, well, he chose to protect the town his own way by basically, you know, taking bribes, looking the other way, and making sure that the, the townspeople didn't get hurt for him interfering. Yeah, if they, if they don't get any problems, if he, he nobody will get hurt if he doesn't interfere. And, uh, yeah, you want to you point this way. I'm really good. Dude, they can still <laughs> pick on my, what I'm saying. Well, you were, you were, you were talking to the, the, the window <laughs> over there. and It's all right. Scratching it's a chair over here. Um, uh, well, you can pick the varnish off the chair all you want, but... Uh, just comes the back. mic's still going to be over here. <laughs> so essentially, though, this particular movie, very slow. Right. And well, it was a slow roll up until the final scene. Even yeah. then, it's like they 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 made this, this whole strong deal about an army and the state troopers coming, and that's what I was trying to get mm-hmm. at. Uh, and the the son basically taking up the mantle of the father, getting a, he got his promotion because what did dad do? Committed suicide. Capped yeah. himself. So he finds his dad Commit dead. That. Not a single bit of remorse from this kid, by the way. Well, at this point, he doesn't respect his father. Even still, even if, even if you don't respect dear old dad, there was literally no middle scene there. It was literally... He sees his dad dead, looks down at him, and then the next scene is, is the FBI agent and, and the, the sheriff's son gearing up for war. 
<laughs> where you they know? were super unneeded. No, and there, there, there was nobody needed there because Austin just went through the entire boat himself, you know. So Varric took out the entire boat, the guard, and then eventually took out uh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, yes. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he just... Drake. Sorry, I can't say Drake without thinking about, you know, Drake. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah. you, you put Drake and Danny Trejo right next to each other. They, they, uh, day. But they, they, they're spelled differently. In all honesty, replace Drake with Danny Trejo, or, or sorry, replace uh, Danny Trejo with Drake, <laughs> would have been a funnier movie, <laughs> just because. I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't have liked that movie, <laughs> not as much, it's Danny Trejo. Dan- That's why Danny Trejo was a badass in the movie, he, he, he played a badass to, to Stone Cold's, uh, giant uh, fucking... I'm gonna punch through this wall type deal. I didn't get a lot of emotion out of out of uh, Austin in the movie. He had he no play- emotions. He's he, just a killer now. He played like an old school, uh, uh, an old school Clint Eastwood almost. Mm. You know, just I'll not a whole you. lot of emotion. There was there was really not a whole lot to play off. And the biggest bit of emotion that you got in the entire movie, even when he was talking about his own family getting <laughs> executed, <laughs> drinking the wine. Stuff gets me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the big, the biggest bit of emotion you got out of him when he's tied to the chair, and uh, they're about to, they're about to take Darcy away, and he's like, "You fucking touch her, and I'll kill you." You know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you fucking lay a hand like, on. Well, you guys know you're gonna die. You guys zip tied me to this chair. That's not very effective. <laughs> you duct taped a poor little girl to a chair, and she's perfectly fine. But <laughs> like. Well, yeah, that's what I didn't like. I didn't like that part because you know, Stone Cold—he just busts out of his zip tie, his zip ties, and he goes at this dude, mm-hmm. takes him out, and then he finds Darcy in the closet, duct taped to a chair. And I feel personally, as quick, as easy as he ripped that duct tape off of her, right? He would have not. She could have gotten out of that herself. Yeah, and he would have not been able to get out of real duct tape. A couple of layers of duct tape. I'm sorry, no, you're he would have been ripping through that. No, he would have needed a knife to at least cut it before he could rip it off. But Something. no, it just, you just rip the whole thing it's off like there like they reused that duct tape like 50 times on her. We're <laughs> <laughs> right. in a recession, man. This duct tape is fucking expensive. And we ran out of zip ties. We were going to have to use the duct tape. Nah, fuck. She's going to escape, you know. <laughs> well, well it's, it's fine. Apparently selling drugs doesn't make that much money. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd think you'd need the duct tape to, to keep the... Something. Something. I don't know. The boxes of drugs. <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. I, we watched this movie all the way through, and I'm, I'm laughing about it, but it's it's. I'm trying hard to think of things that were worthwhile. I, I'm not... Well, one of the things that got me was towards the end of the movie when the, the FBI agent, who's been searching him over the course of, you know, many, many different states, and he's just like, well, we got nothing on you. What about all the other cities? But what, what really gets me is like... You know, like, if you keep doing this, like, someone's bound to get, get, to get hurt, like Darcy. But what about, the, there's a character, uh, he's the local mechanic, that they string up because he helps them. Right. Like, they just hang they just hang him on his truck, essentially. Kill him, torture him, and ha- hang him out to dry on the back of his tow truck. And that's uh, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's fine. Like, Kirby's death is fine, but if Darcy were to die, we'd definitely take you in. <laughs> And my my thing is, you know, he comes up behind Austin. So Lachlan Monroe, his FBI agent self, mm-hmm. comes up near the end of the movie. Yeah, this is like the last three, four minutes. You were a good cop, and, man. Uh, he put, puts the gun to his head and he's like, you're going to arrest me? And Lachlan's like, nah, I got no evidence on you. It seems like all the townspeople kind of like you. And I sat there for a minute and I went, no evidence, hmm? <laughs> okay. Let's just start with the fact that Austin didn't wear gloves the entire movie. The so entire movie. Fingerprints everywhere, all over everything. Uh, let's just say that any number of these establishments that he went into to, to take down these guys, you don't think any of them had any kind of security cameras? No, they're being, run, they're being run by... Right? By criminals. criminals. I get that there's no witnesses... But evidence and witnesses Definitely are two different evidence. things. Turns out that this gun shot that guy, and it has your fingerprints on it. 
Nobody's pressing charges. Why? Because they're all dead. Well, you know, murdered people can't press charges, I guess. Turns out who's going to bring me in? Are you going to bring me in, sir? Turns out, no. Uh, I, You know, your fist print in Danny Trejo's face might be... You know, well, it matches. Look at that. Uh, the bruise marks all over Danny. You know, the, the DNA evidence from the hair off the back of your hand when you remove the, uh, the duct tape after the beating... Right. <laughs> the blood. Any number of things. Oh, this is a fantastic FBI agent. Yeah, we're just going to let you go. We were initially looking for you because you crushed the trachea of some guy then chokeslammed him off the side of a mountain. Uh, but... No evidence. The other 30 guys you killed here, we, we feel that you, you did enough of a good service that we're just going to let you go. But he says, he's like, you know, like, you were a good cop. And I know, understand that you only go after, like, the, the bad guys. And that's when he says, like, you know, but just remember, somebody like Darcy might get hurt. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, I think there's, I think, maybe I'm wrong, I mean, I guess there are laws against vigilantism. Yeah. Uh, I think that's not the, the word. You your own hand. Yeah, yeah. there's laws against vigilantism. Yeah, being a vigilante, uh, which is specifically what Lachlan Monroe should have arrested him for. Right. <laughs> like... All the, the state <laughs> troopers, the local the... police, and he's the one FBI agent that stuck around, by the way. There's no other FBI agents. Mm. Even though he spent the beginning of the movie talking to an entire room full of people about, we got to find this guy. And then Lachlan's the only one that shows up. Well, he, they were supposed to find this one guy, but then he died, and they're like, oh, it must have been the vigilante. Do you think it's our vigilante? Okay, so that, that, that's right. They were looking for the guy that got choke slammed off the side of the mountain. <laughs> Stop looking for him. We found him. He's dead. You don't have to look for him anymore. Uh, you got choke slammed. Worst fucking choke slam Steve ever. Austin. I was really, really hoping that there wouldn't even be one wrestling move this entire movie. But there was, there was very, very blatantly a, a body slam in the middle of the movie. You know, where he body slammed one of the bikers on top of the pool table. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have the choke slam off the side of the mountain. And I was just waiting. He had one free arm. He could have twisted around and just gave Trejo the stunner. Yeah. <laughs> <There> <laughs> Would have made the movie far more interesting, yeah. to be honest. There was, there was one point, uh, like the first biker that he comes into contact with, who's getting ready to shoot a dog because the dog's looking at him. And he's like, what, are you making fun of my bike? Like, got some of the insecurities guy. Uh, <laughs> if you're about to shoot a dog over... Than making fun of your bike. Right, the the actor that this guy was solely known as the prospect the entire movie. Yeah, and he ends up um, like pretty much punching him in the face, taking his gun, fighting him for a few seconds, giving the gun back without the clip in it. Right. The guy attempts to shoot him. That doesn't work out. He shows him that he doesn't have the clip. Hits him in the head with the clip, and then friggin' like slams him down on the ground. Grabs the gun and puts the clip in with it to his head. Mike, like, I could do this to you at any point. I could murder you. So he actually he didn't take the gun away from the guy. He grabbed the guy with the gun still in his hand, <clears throat> pinned him to the ground, twisted his arm around, put the clip back in, and with this guy's gun, the finger still on the trigger of the gun, he's sitting there with this. He's he's got his finger in there too. It's like, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll press this and you won't have any problems anymore. No more issues with puppies. You don't have to worry about playing kick the dog anymore because you're insecure about your bike. Don't have to worry about me, you know, I could kill you. <laughs> right. It, it's funny, like, you know, at the beginning it's like you don't even want to hate, you don't even want to hate Danny Trejo. You feel, I feel like he was going to be like a sub-character and said, like... Rex would have had like been like the real bad guy behind the scenes. Well, that's what I thought initially, because that's why he was like, "Go watch him," right? You know what I mean? Like, keep an eye on him. My brother's like doing some shady shit. No, like he he lets him go. He's like he he. It seemed to be almost too kind. Like, yeah, he beat the shit out of the guy who owed him fifteen grand. But that's fifteen grand, and he's like, "So what do you want us to do?" He goes, "No, he paid his debt. Right. That's all paid." And then you have the other guy. Um, the other guy? Uh, well, Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, who's making jokes like, hey, if you want, I'll stay right. Like, like He's like, well, you and me will handle this later. And he's like, oh, 
Like, so how's this going to work? You're going to text me or you just want me to wait here all day? Yeah, like, I'll wait right here. And he's, he's, it's one of my favorite laughs. lines in the movie, by yeah. the way. And he laughs a little bit, and then they go, what do you want us to do about him? And he's like, nah, he's fine. You know what I mean? Like, kind of... Well, mind you, this the, di- this the difference between the... Oh, wow. Okay, that was a fucking big-ass stutter. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a, not trying to do any scat singing over here. But, Skibbity bop. Uh, so... That is the big difference between the beginning of the movie and the end of the movie. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie, Treo, uh, Drake, mm-hmm. had complete control over his entire situation. Yeah. All right. So he ran everything. As things went on, his brother gets killed. His, his uh, main guy, his, his sergeant, gets the crap beaten out of him. And as things go on, he's slowly losing control of the whole situation. He becomes more aggressive. He becomes yeah. like that that guard dog that gets pinned in the corner, he's going to come out and he's going to come at you. Right. And he's going to fight teeth bared until he's either dead or you're dead. Mm. So, I believe that was an appropriate reaction throughout the movie. He might have been a little bit more kind to begin with. Did not end that way. Yeah, but they kind of wanted to, like, pin him to be the bad guy. Right. Like, the fact that he did kill his wife and his kid and everybody at that cookout, the birthday party. Thing is, they didn't really even give motive either to that whole slaughter, that whole execution. They didn't yeah, he, give motive. He gives, he gives motive. a little, a little thing. He's like, "Yeah, we were going after this gang, and um, you know, like we were putting them away, but uh, like they they arrested some people. But they arrested some other minor club, like a local. That was club. part of that was part of the the ten rings or whatever the hell they were called. The circle. The circle." <laughs> The Ten Rings. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking it's like the, the fucking Olympics here. There's a new Marvel movie coming out. Okay. Yeah. All the right. Origin right. of the Ten Rings. No clue what you're talking about. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Look you're gonna have to explain that one to me a little later. <laughs> We're but. not here for that. No. So it's um. So yeah, like he's supposed to be this all-around bad guy. He doesn't come off that way to start off with. at all. He he becomes that bad guy near. I, I want to say around. The time that his brother dies, he starts going off the rails, mm-hmm. and he solidifies that that badass guy act mm-hmm. with the uh, death of uh, of the mechanic. Mm-hmm. They string it, they they kill him, garrot him, they killed him, basically garroted him, and then hung him up from his own tow truck mm-hmm. for everybody to see. Right, and everybody's pussies. They're just like. No, oh, oh, no, no, turn away, turn away, don't do anything. There's but six people in this town, mind you. There's the sheriff, his son, the motel keeper, the the guy in the gas station. Right. And that's it, the mechanic. You that don't see a lot of people, it's, it's not really busy. So, like, nobody else is, like, afraid or, or lives there. Well, and the most <laughs> people you see in the entire movie is Are that biker bar. And if they're all pretty much part of the gang, yeah. So, <laughs> they, they've run all the locals out. They kind of control everything outside of that, that well, small handful. They, they wouldn't even let people leave. They killed Darcy's husband. Right. Who tried to leave. Well, I'm just saying. I'm, Supposedly killed him. You don't see anybody there. You think maybe they killed everybody? <laughs> maybe. It's just like, 90% yeah, run, of the town's dead. You want to leave? Town. Bam. You want to leave? Bam. We need six people to tell a, to tell outsiders that this isn't a gang town. Some horrendous mass grave on the edge of town where all the locals... Are just, well, we're just going to have to throw them over here. We don't have any space in the church anymore. Not anymore. And they're starting to stink, so we got to bury them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, it's... Oh, no, not the greatest movie in the world. It's a... I think I find uh, talking about the movie a little bit more entertaining than watching it. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few Austin flicks that I really like, a lot of Danny Trejo flicks that I really liked, and this was just not one of them. Yeah, it was bottom of the barrel. (laughs) So to to end end talking about this shit fest, uh, for lack of a better term, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give this uh, maybe a 2.2. Yeah, I'm going to give it... A three. Solid three. Solid three. I, I, it didn't quite get to two and a half for me in my head. It's just because they have those certain... It's cert, there were certain moves in this in this movie that I was a fan of. There, some... um, there wasn't over over battles. You, like, you know what I mean? He gets uh, stabbed at one point. He... <laughs> I want to say 90% of the fighting felt fairly realistic. That that one scene where he gets stabbed, I just... It was more realistic than wrestling. 
so we're not going to shit on wrestling fans here. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> more realistic than wrestling. Those guys get it. Those guys get pretty damn fucked up. And you know, given that the WWE is a cleansed version of other, you know, federations, uh, you know, they're they're not ECW or WCW as they used to be. There's no blood anymore. It's all PG and right. And uh, they they make sure that you know where your falls are going to be. They make sure that it's pretty predictable. However, if you go to AEW, uh, if you guys didn't know, Chris was a wrestling fan. Just a little. A very big wrestling fan. I, I got a guy at work that just... Yeah, I know wrestling. Mm. This guy knows, like, everything. Like, he could be a commentator. Yeah. Like, he's got the whole Rolodex in his head. He's watching the, the G1 tournament right now. He's watching AEW. He knows about New Japan Wrestling. And he's talking to me about this stuff. Did you see this? Did you see this? No. I no, I did no, not. I didn't see any of that. How to get a man mad. Make fun of wrestling. Yeah. How to get Chris mad. Oh, I'm not angry. I mean, oh, everybody's entitled to their own face, opinions. I, I am well aware that uh, that basically wrestling is a male soap opera. Uh, however, lately, WWE has taken the soap part out of it, and now it's just... Opera? I don't know. There's no storyline anymore. There's nothing that you can really follow or get invested in. That's why I haven't been watching much lately. So... I was excited about the, the AEW thing coming around because at least they, they they make me excited to watch wrestling again, not so much the WWE stuff. Uh, he's so upset, guys. Like he can, He's trying to figure out his way, a way to say this without just shitting on, on wrestling. I, I, you can't. I can't. I really... I, I try, and Wrestling's no matter how fake. it comes out... <laughs> it's not fake! It's not fake, man! Stop! Which in no way, shape, or form was I like really shitting on wrestling. He just took it that way. No, I, I apparently take a lot of things that you say and un, un misunderstand <laughs> them. We'll get to that at a different time, though. That yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, we're gonna go ahead and take a a quick little uh, downturn so we can let our sponsors have a word, or let us have a word for our sponsors, and uh, we'll get right back with uh with something. I don't know what. We'll see. Well, you have any entertainment. Ideas? Entertainment. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for not turning us off the second the sponsors hit the ground. <laughs> and I appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, we are going to do a little bit more trivia to end this podcast for the day. Uh, mainly because we don't have the uh, other two parts of our little group that uh, are usually required to do the uh, the whole pitch fest. Pitch storm. You, you got to sing everything, right? You, you sang the pod, the pod coin thing. You sang the pitch storm thing. Everything needs a jingle. <laughs> well, depends on what you're jingling at them. Cinematic <laughs> anarchy. All right, so I'm going to let you go ahead and start, please, for the love of God. <laughs> what black comedy involves the botched kidnapping, a desperate car salesman, and a wood chipper? Oh, Repo Man? No, what? Fargo. Fargo. Oh, yeah, okay, never mind. I I, t- I kind of dove at that a little too quickly. Who performed the song Blame Canada from the South Park movie Bigger, Longer, and Uncut in 2000? Oh, at the 2000 Academy Awards. Who pl- who performs Blame Canada? At the- I have no idea who played it, but Cartman? No. Oh, I didn't know this. So, Robin Williams. Really? Tell me that there, there's something I gotta Google. I gotta go find that on YouTube or something. Robin Williams singing "Blame Canada" from South Park. That will be looked up very soon. <laughs> like the second we're done this, I'm gonna go and take a look at that. If we remember. Okay. Now name the team comedy in which a Greek, uh, a geek declares, "I'm not really a farmer. I'm a freshman." Oh, shit, I know this movie, too. I think we talked about this the last time. Uh, fuck. Yeah, you got to give that one to me. Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles. Ah, shit. And that's uh, Anthony Michael Hall, too. The, the classic geek from the 80s who went on to be not so much a geek. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any recent or, like... Older picture of... Oh, he, he stopped that whole geekdom thing the second he did uh, Johnny B. Good alongside with uh, 
Robert Downey Jr. Look that movie up. Um, Anthony Michael Hall. Just look up Johnny Be Good, the movie. It was a pretty decent film. I think it was him, Uma Thurman, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Okay, no, no. Now that I see him older. But, yeah, he, he was pretty well built. He got rid of that whole geek thing real quick. He was playing he wasn't a football screen, star in He was in screen written. Right? <laughs> okay. In 1985's Back to the Future, what year does Marty McFly travel back to? 1965. First, first oh, you know what? We already did this one, but uh, you're wrong. You're close, but you're wrong. 54. 55. 55. 55. Yes, right on the nose. <laughs> um, what up tap adaptation was not based on a comic book? Doom, V for Vendetta, or Ghost World? Which one was not based on a comic book? Doom. Yes. That was based on a video game. Did you already get that one? Because this is exactly what it says. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have not gotten that one previously. I uh, sat up all night and studied these. I I I bet. (laughs) What nineteen eighty four adventure flick features a romance novelist named John? Sorry, named Joan Wilder, a soldier of fortune named Jack T. Colton, and a jewel? Sorry, a jewel pursing? Sorry, pursuing villain named Ralph. Rat race. No, but this is one of those those movies that I want to watch. I think it, this kind of lists with the bad movies there. A lot of people think this is groan-worthy. Uh, it's Romancing the Stone. Uh, I believe that's uh, Kathleen Turner and uh, Michael Douglas. And the the villain, obviously, I believe, was played by uh, Danny DeVito, if I'm not mistaken. Danny DeVito as a villain is Danny. always a good thing. Uh, what animated duo encountered the wrong trousers and survived a close shave... A close shave in Oscar-winning short film before tackling Where's Rabbits and their full-length feature. <laughs> that is Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit. Wallace and Gromit. Have you seen them? Yes. Yes. Definitely. But like reading it, I was confusing myself. I but I now that I trousers on, that these are not the right trousers. Where uh, rabbit? Okay. Now, now that I went through it, now now that I know what it is, I've seen all of them. <laughs> Ben Stiller is a rabbi, Edward Norton is a priest, and Jenna Elfman is the woman they both love. Name the movie. Something about Polly. <laughs> I figured you would have watched this at the very least. Uh, it being faith-based movie, it's keeping the faith. No. No? No, not at all? No. It's not one of the, sound familiar. wonder if it was a rated R faith-based movie, maybe not Probably. one of the ones your mom would have let you watch. <laughs> My mom wouldn't have watched... <laughs> Your family's all like, no, this one's rated R. I know it's got a priest in it. We're not watching this, though. It's got a rabbi, too. <laughs> it's got a priest and a rabbi. They said they walk into a bar. Sounds like a bad bad start of a joke. <laughs> Pretty much. Priest and a rabbi walk into a bar. That guy over there, he ducked. Anyway. <laughs> Name the movie in which an aunt tells her nephew Peter, you can do too much uh, college, a job, all the time with me. You're not Superman, you know. Oh, this is Spider-Man? Yeah. Aunt May? <laughs> yeah. You're not Superman, you know. That's a fucking stupid fucking line to Spider-Man. throw out in the middle of Spider-Man. Because I'm Spider-Man. I'm Spider-Man. Pretty close. Just a few extra letters. Spider-Man. <laughs> and uh, what 1990 movie... Oh, sorry. What 1990 movie has an undercover detective named John Kimball declaring, It's not a tumor. No? Silence? Silence. Dead silence. Can't picture Arnie doing that? I can picture him doing that, but I can't picture what... Kindergarten cop? Ah. Maybe you've got a tumor. It's not a tumor! It's not a tumor! You got this all wrong! (laughs) Maybe it's a tumor. Get these rugrats away from me. (laughs) What is the weapon of choice used by the killer that um, Michael Douglas is trying to track down in Basic Instinct? The weapon of choice is... An ice pick. The ice pick. That is my final answer. An ice pick is the correct answer, my friend. Can you name the person he was tracking down? Or the actress, anyway, that he was tracking down? No. That was the infamous Sharon Stone movie. The uh, infamous scene, the the crossing and uncrossing the legs in the middle of the scene to distract the guys that are interrogating her. (laughs) Uh... 
What veteran actors play Ben Stiller's parents in 2004's sequel, Meet the Fockers? <sighs> Can't tell you their names. Um, I can picture them all day I, long. Yeah. I know who they are. It's a goofy guy. <laughs> goofy guy. No. Um, well, yeah. But, I mean, he wasn't always a goofy guy. Probably one of the... I'm trying to think of another movie that he's been in, too. I don't know their names. Rain Man. Still can't think of their names. Dustin Hoffman. Mm. And the uh, mother was Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. Fantastic role for both of them. If it's yellow, keep it mellow. Brown, flush it down. Because it's, like, so far from what they normally do, you know? Hmm. Okay, what you got there? What actress last writer penned the 1990 Meryl Streep comedy Postcards from the Edge? Uh, Sally Field? No. No. Oh, ooh. What actress slash writer penned, uh, penned the 1990 Meryl Streep comedy Postcards from the Edge? I didn't know she did anything like this. I have no idea, so go ahead. Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Actress slash writer. Yeah, okay, I got it. I'm not. I'm picturing it now. I didn't know that was the, that was her. Yeah, either. It's also been a dog's age since I've seen Postcards from the Edge. Uh, what songwriting legend won an Oscar for the song "Things Have Changed" from the movie Wonder Boys? Ruben stuttered. <laughs> no, but. I I don't even know why I bothered asking you this question. I didn't even know the answer to it. I do now, because I'm looking at the back of the card. But I, I had no fucking clue. Uh, Bob Dylan? Oh, okay. Wouldn't have known that. Yeah. I mean, I can picture the song in my head now, but... Who directed the Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western, A Fistful of Dollars, For a Few Dollars More, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly? Who directed it? Clint Eastwood? No. No, I have no idea. Sergio Leone. Wow. Still don't have any idea. <laughs> no clue. Uh, thank you, but I appreciate that. This See, this is the knowledge. thing. is that I, I know some things. There are few things that I, I wish I knew more about. I know now Sergio, Sergio Leone? Yeah. Okay, Sergio Leone. I'd like to say that five more times. Sergio like Leone. I like guess Beetlejuice. Sergio, Sergio, Sergio. Douglas Adams wrote the book and co-wrote the screenplay for what 2005 movie? Repeat question. Douglas Adams wrote the book and co-wrote the screenplay that was, uh, that what 2005 movie was based on? Friggin'. Oh, come the on. one that's involving Fenway Park. That's um, a whole lot of quiet there. For yeah, because I don't Doug, know. Do you not, not, do you not know who Douglas Adams is? No. Here's a hint. Forget about it. Hitchhiking? Hitchhikers? Hitchhikers. Guide to the Galaxy? There you go. There we go. I, I just put the thumb up and then move the thumb a little bit. Uh, okay, there we go. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> who produced, starred in, and sang the theme song for the 1979 movie The Main Event? Ah, uh, that would be Barbara Streisand. That it would be. A lot of Barbara fucking questions in this Barbara deck Barbara Streisand. Barbara this, Barbara that. Alright. What classic spook fest features a height-challenged clairvoyant, a television set, and a clown doll with murderous intentions? Uh, Chucky. Clown doll with murderous intentions. Oh, poltergeist? There you go. <laughs> The Poltergeist was my first one, but I was like, is that little... See, I, gotta, little I tell bitch, you, go with your gut instincts. Is that, is that little bitch in, the, in Chucky? Must be Chucky. Clown we, dolls. we both got ample guts. If you have a gut instinct, go with it. The third installment of what movie series was subtitled Tokyo Drift? Uh, Fast and the Furious? Correct, sir. Oh, I could have... I don't know why I went that way. That's <laughs> just... Oh, I did not intend to offend anybody. I don't do Okay, I'm good. <coughs> what 2006 movie asked, what if you had a universal remote that controlled your universe? Click. Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. I got one. You guys heard that. I got one. 
Not many, one. All right. You got it. What is the name of the real-life character that Julia Roberts won the 2001 Oscar for portraying? That would be Aaron Brockovich. Correct. Aaron Brockovich. Another movie. It's been a while since I've watched. For good reason. What frosty 1992 comedy has Kate Mosley baiting Doug Dorsey with the two-word taunt, Topic? I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I know this one too. It's like you, you read something and you, you you don't have a clue about what's going on the second you read the answer. Then it's like, know. oh, now I can see it. Toe pick. Toe pick. The Cutting Edge. Have you ever seen that movie? No, I haven't. It's about a, it's about a figure skater who loses her partner and she basically has to deal with a down on his luck ice uh, an ice hockey player as the replacement. I might have actually seen this. And uh, she's yelling at him, toe pick the entire time because that's how you're, you're supposed to stop. <laughs> toe pick. <No>. Toe pick. <laughs> what futuristic movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger as the as a wrongly convicted man who must uh, survive a deadly statistic game show? Oh, that would be the Running Man. You hadn't said game show, that could have gone another way. There's this total recall as well, but yeah, but yeah, you said game show, so because I'm reading the card, you you could have <laughs> changed a few words around there, you know. No, that's cheating. Cheating? We we don't cheat here. <laughs> I, I I don't read all these cards before you ask me questions. I already know he does. All right, so what classic comedy features a food fight, a toga party, and double secret probation? Animal House. I think we've read this card before. No, one I know, anyways. <laughs> okay. Two. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, now I know we've read this card. I think the first time we did uh, trivia. One of the first times we did trivia with these cards. This is the uh, movies that we went through. No, I went through those. Uh, okay, I don't well. I think I've gone through those. All right, so I'll, I'll put this away here. I got a got a dead stack. Uh, your turn, though. Who directed the Steve Martin's? Uh, who directed the Steve Martin hits? The Jerk, The Man with Two Brains, and All of Me. See, I keep thinking of self-directed <laughs> movies, but uh, I don't want to say that, that that's what happened. But I, let's say Steve Martin. It's not no. Steve Martin, but it's not uh, Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. Reiner. Carl Reiner. I like Carl Reiner, too. Uh, Carl Reiner's done a lot of good movies. He's right up there with those uh, those 70s actors that fell into directing really well. Mm. You know, Opie, he does a lot of really good movies. Uh, Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> Carl Reiner, you know, he, where he's from. Uh, All in the Family. He was Archie Bunker's son-in-law mm, or okay. something. Okay. Big lug. Uh, all right. Helen Fielding wrote the novel and co-wrote the screenplay for what 2001 comedy? Uh, sorry. Can you repeat the question? Because I don't know the answer. Helen Fielding wrote the novel and co-wrote the screenplay for what 2001 comedy? If you don't know the answer, how is it going to help that I read the question again? It's prolonging my inevitable, uh, inevitable defeat. The inevitability uh, of your defeat, sir. Lay down your sword! <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. Um, you tell me. Your arm's off! It's not a flesh wound! <laughs> uh, it's uh, the, the Bridget Jones... Yeah. See, you got me Jones, doing it now. Bridget, Bridget Jones's Diary. Jones diary. Bridget yeah, Jones's Diary. I have never known that. Name the Will Ferrell and Chris Catton Saturday Night Live spin-off movie with the tagline score... Say again. Name Ooh, the Will Ferrell and Chris Catton Saturday Night Saturday Night Live sp uh, spinoff movie with the tagline score. Chris Catan. Will Ferrell and Chris Catan. They did a. Did they do a movie together? I guess so. Oh, score! Uh, a Night at the Roxbury. Yes. I, I I was trying to think. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm trying to picture Chris Catan, and he didn't do a lot of really good. Movies after he left SNL, like he's one of those guys. There's several of his movies on our list. Mm. They are just so bad. Uh, 
He said it, not me. I mean it. Pointing fingers. Yeah. Uh, one big finger right there, <laughs> right up the middle. Anyway, uh, in what movie does a wealthy man announce to his son's kidnappers, congratulations, you just became a $2 million lottery ticket as he offers a bounty on national television? Not Rush Hour. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Ransom. Ransom. Yep, Ransom. With, um, I believe that was Mel Gibson, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Yes. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah, I believe that is exactly it's what we're talking about. It's been a very long about. time since I've seen that. <laughs> I, I can say that about a lot of movies, but uh, I've been around longer than you have. And then the kid like pisses himself because he hears the... The, the killers in the back like, like with him like, what's the matter oh that's the kidnapper this guy's the worst <laughs> what uh, futuristic movie star uh, oh you're doing you're, you're redoing some cards here maybe reading Name the, the uh, 2005 Will Smith comedy described the care for the common cold describes the care for the common cold so what name the 2005 Will, St- Will Smith comedy described as the cure for the common man? Not cure common. for the common man? Yes. That would be Hitch. Yeah. Yes. Now, it took me a little you bit You said to cure this. for the common cold twice. Yeah, because my mind makes words up. I might be a little bit <laughs> well, dyslexic. That's the, that's the saying that we're all familiar with. That's not necessarily what it's supposed to be. Uh, an unemployed couple... Uh, revenge on a crooked CEO and a hatchback full of stolen SOD. Oh, sorry, sod. That wasn't even that wasn't even spelled out like that. It's just <laughs> sod. I said SOD for no reason. See what I mean? Uh, are three elements in what Jim Carrey comedy? You didn't even have to say Jim Carrey. Uh, fun with Dick and Jane. Yes, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, we can go look that up in a few minutes. But that is a remake. So this was actually a remake of like a old old movie, like a 19, maybe 50s movie, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. it could be even earlier, but uh, Fun with Dick and Jane, that was a good one too, I really I really enjoyed that movie, uh, I believe that was Alec, was that Alec Baldwin that was also in there with him, if I'm not mistaken? A few people. You've, you've, I'm, I'm you've zoned out over there. <laughs> I'm looking for the Fun with Dick and Jane. You're looking for the, the old movie to see if that was uh, indeed what it was? If there were more than one. And uh, let me tell you, if you're going to if you're going to look up the movie Fun with Dick and Jane, make sure that you put the entire thing in there. Don't just put in Fun with Dick, because that's going to bring up something altogether different. Trust me. (laughs) So what did you find? Nineteen nineteen seventy seven was the original Fun with Dick and Jane. Oh, a lot earlier. Jane uh, Jane Fonda, George Segal, Egg McMahon. And this one was uh, Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin, Tia Leone. Uh, and honestly, not a lot of stuff out of Tia Leone either. I know she has that one TV show that she's doing as a, a Madam Secretary or something. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, but, uh, I haven't really got into that. Uh, David Duchovny's ex-wife. No, I, I, know, I know what, yes, who, whom and what you were talking about. It's we just, know who you are, we just don't care. Anyway. Really Alright, so I'm gonna take a break from this real quick. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a couple of questions. Just for the hell of it. What is your least favorite Jim Carrey movie ever? What is least my favorite? least favorite Jim Carrey movie ever? Has there ever been a movie of his that you just hated? Thirteen. Or twenty three. So bad you can't even remember the name. Yeah. The number was... the number twenty three. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that one. Uh and I, I should have been more specific. Because obviously his his ventures into dramatic acting, not all of them have turned out great. He's done a couple that were good. Like I feel like Truman Show is more of a a drama than a comedy. I uh, like the Truman Show, and I I like that other one, The Majestic, that he did. Yeah, that was a good film. Uh, however, there was the the number twenty three, and there's another recent one that he did that I just I couldn't I couldn't stomach. Thirteen. Uh, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't number twenty three. It was a recent film that he did that uh, I just I couldn't really, really wrap my mind around. And I like it. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind was pretty good too. He did Dark Crimes. That was 
2016 Dark Crimes was supposed to be pretty, pretty bad. Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm actually excited to watch that. I, I saw his Dr. Robotnik, like that end view of Dr. Robotnik, and I thought that was like spot on. Uh, unlike a lot of people who are complaining about Sonic's eyes not looking right. Well, fuck that. It's, an, it's a live-action animated movie. All right, we could put it back to looking like a cartoon, but then we're going to be in Roger Rod- Rabbit territory. You know? We're not looking for flat 2D animation. I think they did a pretty damn good job. They did I. If the only thing that they could complain about was his eyes. You know? Yeah, really, the only thing I can really look at here... Okay. It's... So of his comedies, which one did you hate? Is there anything that you hated? I guess him being in the, um, the Incredible Burt Wonderstein. Okay, Wonder yeah, that was a pretty... That was a... Wonderstone. The Incredible Burt Wonderstone. Yeah, that was a pretty damn bad movie. That was... Right up there with some of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, uh, I was not a fan. I, I mean, I liked him in a, a lot of films. There's a, a couple that I really I was not a fan of, uh, and not all of his not all of his movies were were terribly, you know, all of his dramatic movies were bad. Obviously, he had a lot of good dramatic roles. It's just the number twenty three going into horror. He just it didn't fit. Wasn't even harder. It was just well. It was supposed to be psych- like a psychological horror kind yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, which did not play well. But and the twenty three is like you could make it into a million things. I want to say my least favorite was uh, the second Ace Ventura movie. Of, Shut of his your comedies. mouth. Of his comedies, the second Ace Ventura movie, I think just I, that's my favorite one. I like that one better than the first. Okay, now you shut your mouth. No. You like that better than the first yeah, one? Yeah. Really? So much more comedic. The uh, White Devil, White Devil. Um, friggin' everything. <laughs> He's terrified of bats. Ace Ventura, who loves every animal in the world, is terrified of an animal. He has to run through the jungle with the animal. Uh, I didn't know he was in Deadpool. Jim Carrey? Yeah, he's in Deadpool. No. Played uh, Johnny Squares. Or sorry, my apology. He was in the Deadpool, not in Deadpool, a movie called The Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> I believe that's actually an old, uh, an old Cleaston, uh, not Cleast, Clint Eastwood flick. I'm having uh, trouble with the uh, the speaking, the speaking, and the control of the thing, the tongue that flaps within my mouth. Yeah, I'm having a little trouble with that today. Uh, I had a little trouble with that the last time, too. I, I speak a little too quickly for my own good. <sighs> um, I think one of my, my favorites of his was Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah. Right? Because there's this whole line favorite. where uh, they are all cu- they all come out of the, uh, the spaceship, so she brings them into the house, mm-hmm. and they decide to give them all a makeover, and you have, the, you have three guys. Uh, I believe, I, I can't remember the third guy. Uh, but they're played by uh, Damon Wayans, uh, Jim Carrey, and I'm trying to remember who the third guy is. Oh, Jeff Goldblum. Sorry, my apologies. Jeff Goldblum was the blue alien. So she shaves them all down, like gives them because they're furry when they come out. Shaves them all down from head to toe, and they each step out. And uh, the first thing that Jim Carrey says upon stepping out for the first time, waxed from head to toe, is, oh my god, he's totally black! <laughs> Insinuating that she just shaved down Damon Wayans, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, Damon Wayans is, is black in this movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he, he always has been, hasn't he? Maybe. Maybe uh, not. I'm not sure. I liked, um, with Damon Wayans, though, I like a lot of the stuff that he's in. Uh, Bulletproof, one of them, but um, Major Pain. Have you gotten to see The Last Boy Scout? No, I have not. Him and Bruce Willis, fantastic. I think that's movie. what we were thinking about doing today. No, I think that initially we were we were looking into the Last Stand, which was the uh, Bru- the older Bruce Willis kind of mafioso flick, uh, old school mafioso, old school. You know, back in like Bonnie and Clyde kind of mafioso. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I like uh, Damon Wayans for a lot of stuff. Again, another guy that's done plenty of good and plenty of bad. Yeah. You know, there's some movies that I really can't stand. There's some movies that I absolutely loved. Uh, 
can't think of anything that I didn't that I just couldn't stand. I mean, I started watching him when he was on um, whatever that TV show was that I'm drawing a blank on. In Living Color. No. No. You didn't start watching him on Living In Living Color. No. What did? Okay. I, I got into In Living Color later on in life. All right. So let's see. He was in uh, Wife and Kids. Wife and Kids. Wife and Kids. Okay. So that was the the one that you started watching him on. Yeah, that's how I started. Um, how I started watching them, and then ah, oh, that just popped in my head. There's another movie that I couldn't stand: Mr. Popper's Penguins. Mr. Popper's Penguins with Jim Carrey. It's kind of like um, what well, was Cuba Gooding oh. Jr.'s movie? Marsha X will be probably the first Damon Wayne's movie you go. Oh my God. Really? Marsha X? Marsha X. I, that's one of the uh, DVDs we picked up the other day while we were at Bull Moose over in Salem. Oh, yeah? Uh, it uh, stars him and Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. I'm going to have it. Yeah. You, you'll, you'll see. We'll, we'll, I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to give anything away, but you'll understand why I I really... <laughs> despise it. Despise? That's a, that's a nice word for it. Despise? Okay. Uh, that's a nice word. <laughs> Uh, uh, did you watch any any new movies or anything like that? Did I watch any new movies lately? Uh, no, honestly, I really did not get into the movies all that much this week. I haven't had the uh, I haven't had the time planning on the uh, the wife's wife's yeah. birthday coming up and all my planning is going Ooh. into that and trying to figure out why my my car is sounding like scraped metal every time I drive it. Yeah, yeah that's not, right that's to the not shop. Good. That's not good. <laughs> Uh, uh, I watched Hellboy and uh, Men in Black. Men in Black was pretty good, kind of predictable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And Hellboy sucked. Okay, I'll give you that too. So predictable and sucked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I honestly can't think of anything that I've, I've watched recently, which sucks. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm the, the movie guy. I love watching movies. I got a massive list of things that I've watched since the beginning of the year, but. Mm -hmm. Summertime is always a slow movie roll for me because I do too much outdoors. So the winter in Mass, it, it provides plenty of time to sit around and watch movies. You don't want to go outside. You don't want to get frostbite on your nuts. You know, you, yeah. you want to stay in. Keep everything nice and warm. And up here in New England, it's ridiculous. I don't know if you listeners are from here, but we just had a 110 degree day the other day. And we've had negative degree weather in the winter. Right. Which, which makes me wonder if we're going to have a nice... Uh, Nice, cold, heavy snowfall this year. Uh, I'm hoping not. I, I don't like digging. I don't like shoveling. And uh, where I am, i got to do plenty of both. Digging, yeah. shoveling, breaking my back, going upstairs, and uh, falling down on my bed. You, you mind taking off your boots and, and all your snow gear before you lay on the bed, hon? No, I'm just going to no. lay here. I don't have the energy. You can't no. have it both ways. Shovel the lawn and keep the keep the uh, the bedding from being soaked through. I'm shovel sorry. Shovel the lawn. Shovel the lawn. Yeah. <laughs> shovel the lawn. It's shovel the. It's not shovel the lawn. It's shovel the driveway. Shovel the sidewalk. We don't shovel the lawn. We're not supposed to. You can yeah. Dig <laughs> up the grass. <laughs> yeah. So uh, seeing as my brain is uh, once again checked out, and it's usually my brain that checks out that makes us go. Uh, mine's checking out as well. Uh, thank you for taking the time to sit down and. Listen to us ramble on about uh, things that don't deserve to be rambled on about. Everything deserves to be rambled on about. Uh, no, you, you know full well that that's not true. We have one movie that we can keep in mind that we know does not need to be rambled on about. Uh, one movie. We're going to ramble on about it one of these days. We will, someday. Someday we will ramble on and, and you'll know what we're talking about. We just got to let the guy know. <laughs> just let him know. Hey, by the way, sir, you asked me to review your movie? Yes. Uh, I want you to know that I'm going to go ahead and take a good half hour to sit down and uh, take a large steaming duke right on top of your movie. Uh, <laughs> After a night of drinking and tacos. <laughs> right? Uh, please mind the corn. <laughs> All Gross. Right. Yeah, just a little. Okay.